0: darkness Jesus found me, touched my eyes and made me see, broke since chains that long had bound me, gave me life and liberty, oh glorious love of Christ my Lord divine, a soul like mine, through all my days, and then in heaven above, my song will silence never, I'll worship him forever, and praise him for his glorious love. truth to ponder, that he whom angel hosts attend, the Lord of heaven, God's Son, what wonder, he became this sinner's friend, the glorious love of Christ, my Lord divine, save a soul like mine Through all my days and then in heaven above My song will silence never I'll worship him forever And praise him for his glorious love My song will silence never I'll worship him forever And praise him for his glorious love and praise him for his glorious love. Let's praise him for his glorious love. Provides for our sins the death of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for that great love. Hey, it's good to see you out tonight. Glad you're here. And Hi. uh I'm glad that um, you made it out on a Tuesday night. And Pastor's wife already mentioned, she said, you're gonna have to preach loud tonight because exactly. I'm already tired. <laughs> Tuesday <laughs> night. <Yeah. laughs> we're in trouble by Thursday. If on Tuesday night we want to preach loud or else preach short. Yeah. We've uh we joke. Amongst preachers, oftentimes we'll make jokes. I mean, you have to be good or you have to be short, one or the other. Yeah. And so, um, not many of us have learned the lesson because a lot of us are lousy and moth. But the <laughs> idea is to either be good or short. So, we'll try to be one or the other tonight. But I'm glad that you're, that you're out tonight. And I'm especially glad because of the passage that we're going to look at in a moment. We're we'll going to look together at Matthew 22. So, if you have your Bible, turn with me, please, to the Gospel of Matthew, the first book of the New Testament. Where we are introduced to the Lord Jesus Christ in bodily form, and we're going to be looking in chapter 22, where we've already entered into where Christ has um, given examples of who He is as the Son of God. He's worked miracles. He's preached messages. He's given the Sermon on the Mount. And I'm not on. I turned it on and everything I had a time. not I did, but I didn't get it on. All right. Does that work? I apologize. Pastor said, turn it on ahead of time, and I thought that I did. And now I can't say anything mean about Pastor because I'm the one that messed up. But I'll try to think of something by the end of the service after what he said about me at the beginning. I'll come up with something by the end of the service. Uh, so here's, here is the Gospel of Matthew, where first book of the New Testament, we're introduced to Jesus Christ, and we see Christ display who he is and to talk about who he is and a lot of a lot of neat stories about Christ and everything that happened, and a lot of teaching from Christ. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount is in the book of Matthew, chapter five, and uh, all the way through verse number seven, where we find out what the kingdom of God is all about, and we find out what the Pharisees had done to the law. And what they had done was to, to put it on a level that God never intended for it to be. And Christ raised the standard and said, the law says, Moses says, but here's what I'm telling you, here's the heart of the matter. Here's what God is about. So we learn a lot from Christ and about Christ. And Matthew 22 is uh, another historical account of a conversation that took place between Jesus Christ and and his disciples, as well as a Pharisee, we'll see in just a moment. And it's a great it's a great conversation that takes place. Before we look at the passage, though, I brought um, some CDs up. Just in case you didn't know, over on the side over here, we have a table with books and music. If you enjoy reading or if you enjoy music, these are here to be a help to you. And I say this often, and I mean it. Please don't go and think, well, we need to buy something because Brother Tim brought it, and so it's impolite for us not to buy. Look, we have several books over there, and they're good, on specific subjects that I think would be a help to you if you have interest in those subjects and if you would read it. But don't buy something you're not going to read. How many of you right now own books where you have bookmarks and page number 16 and you've not gotten any further? Do you have some of those? Okay. I have a shelf full. I live in a trailer. I'm not supposed to have a shelf full of anything, but I have a shelf full of books that I've started and they're beside my bed because sometime I'm going to pick them up and I'm going to finish reading. Okay. If that's what you would do with these, then don't, don't, don't get them but if you go over and look at them and say, ah, that would be helpful. Oh, that's a subject matter that that would be helpful to me. Then they're over there for that. Same thing with music. If you don't listen to music, don't buy CDs. Um, we have several CDs. Most of these we've had with us in years prior, so I'll just quickly walk through them. Um, Brittany has a couple of piano CDs. Faith Is The Victory is one that Brittany did a number of years ago, and it is uh, revival styling, so like what you've heard this week during the offertories. This is this is her CD, Faith Is The Victory. I I enjoy this one. Um, it's faster-paced, a lot of bigger songs. Uh, Jesus Saves is the first song on here. Wonderful Words of Life is one of my favorites. Uh, Redeemed, and then she has several medleys in there. This is a this is a CD that will get your foot tapping um, when you listen to it, which is good unless you're driving. Then use cruise control. Um, and then a more recent piano CD that Britney did is entitled His Presence, My Peace and this is a thematic CD. It's around the theme of the presence and peace that God has to give. And some of the songs will be faster, some slower, some big, some a little lighter, but all of them center around, um, uh, around God and the peace that he gives. Um, number two is How Great Thou Art. Number four, He Hideth My Soul. Uh, number six, uh, Like a River Glorious. And then uh, Each Step I Take, Beyond the Sunset. That's uh, Brittany's other piano CD. And then uh, we have... Uh, uh, vocal CD that Brittany and I did 150 years ago before we had children titled Rejoice. We've had this one before, um, several of the songs we sing, And then this one, I think, is new since we were here. This is entitled Redeemed, and it has the older two boys singing on it. We did this about a year and a half or two years ago, and um, some of the songs you've heard this week the boys sing... They're on here. And this, I I will tell you, now forgive me because I'm a little bit biased. I enjoy listening to this. I'm not on as many of these like I think I sing on two or three of them, and the boys are singing a lot more, and we have some family songs and stuff. I enjoy listening to this CD. It is orchestrated well. It's professionally recorded, not professional voices, just professionally recorded. And the instrumentation on it and everything is really, really good. I I think you'd enjoy it. Um, and it is, I think the CDs are all $10, and it's satisfaction guaranteed. <laughs> satisfaction guaranteed, which means if you pay $10, we are guaranteed to be satisfied. And so um, <laughs> feel free, uh, feel free to stop over and look. Seth runs the book table. He's usually there before the service and after the service, and I mean this with all of my heart. If you walk over there and you see a book, or a CD that you would like, it would be a blessing to you, or you would enjoy or learn something you need to learn, and if money is a problem, then please just just tell Seth. Um, just say, hey, I'd, l- I'd like to get this, but I don't have the money, and he's instructed. We will do anything we can to get it into your hands. It's the reason why... We carry this is not a supplement to our income actually Seth earns a little bit by taking care of it he takes care of ordering and and everything but as far as it's not it's not like we carry this so we can make some extra money it's not that's not the point we want to get it into your hands and for it to be a blessing to you if it can be so feel free to stop by that was my one long commercial for the week the rest of them will be short blurbs all right Matthew 22 is where we'll be here in just a moment. I'm going to, before we even look at this passage, I am going to give to you a quiz that I have actually used here before. I know I have. And I'm going to see if you can remember, because I think it was probably seven years ago when I gave you this quiz. And I would hope that none of you who were here seven years ago would forget in a mere seven years what I said when I was here seven years ago. Basically, the way this quiz works is this. I want to give to you a vocation. I want to tell you who someone is, and I want you to tell me what a person in that vocation would do. For instance, um, if I were to say a baker, you would say bakes, because that's what a baker does. So when I give the vocation, you tell me out loud what a person in that vocation does. Here we go. We'll We'll use the one I just gave you as the example at the top of the test that already has the circle colored in. You already know the answer. Here we go. Ready? A baker. Well done, class. Okay. Uh, let's see. A fisherman. Fish. Mm-hmm. A pilot. Ply, pilots or flies, yes. Here's one that's always fun to hear what the guys have to say. A seamstress. <laughs> <laughs> they don't seem, guys. A seamstress <laughs> sews. So a uh, baker bakes, a pilot flies, fisherman fish, a seamstress sews. Okay. A Christian. you guys were not paying attention seven years ago and I'm not happy about it okay now let's try this again now there's a lot of things that people could say and so go ahead and have your answer ready and feel free to answer it out loud if you remember then go ahead and say out loud if you remember or if you think you know then go ahead and say it out loud but but have an answer ready if you don't answer then for the rest of the service you'll come and sit up on the platform um, by mr. Tim while we look at the rest of the lesson all right here we go ready a baker you know that one a fisherman Mm -hmm. a pilot a seamstress a Christian okay now this is this is interesting it's interesting because well think of it this way a baker that does not know that his main responsibility is to bake how how effective of a baker will he be Now, there may be other things that a baker does besides baking, but in order for him to be a successful baker, he's got to know, this is what I do. I'm a baker. I bake. Or a pilot flying. Would you be interested in jumping on the airplane piloted by a pilot that didn't know that his or her job, main job, was to fly the plane? you say brother tim i'm more interested in them knowing how to land the plane (laughs) yeah but you got to keep it in the air first so the point the point is is that the success now please please catch this the success of any person in any vocation is dependent upon them knowing what their responsibility is and then giving themselves to it while there may be other things that are involved that they may do, it is always with this main point. Now, being a Christian is not a vocation. But there is a main point in being a Christian. In fact, I'm not the first person to ask the questions that I've asked you tonight. In Matthew 22, we have a conversation. Where someone comes and asks the Lord Jesus basically the same question and that's what I want to show you tonight look look at Matthew 22 and let's look at uh, beginning in verse number 34 if we can now we're picking up into the middle of a story because Christ has been speaking and explaining things and answering questions to religious leaders and in verse number 34 the Bible says this but when Jesus had heard, I'm sorry, but when the Pharisees had heard that Jesus had put the Sadducees to silence. Okay, real quickly. Pharisees, Sadducees. Do you guys, do you guys know who these people are? These, these would be both religious people, but two different, uh, today we would kind of, we would say denominations. They had different thinking. Now, they each had their place in the Jewish religion, but but they thought differently about several things. So the Sadducees had come, and they had asked Christ questions, and Christ had put them to silence with, with the answers that he gave. And now a Pharisee comes. The Pharisees heard that Jesus put the Sadducees to silence. The Pharisees were gathered together. Then one of the Pharisees, one of them, which was a lawyer, that is, he studied and knew the law of God, the Old Testament, Asked Christ a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Now stop real quickly. In essence, what takes place in this conversation is this. The lawyer, who is a Pharisee, and by the way, when we think of Pharisees today, we think of them in the light of what we realize, what they were on the inside, what's revealed to us in the New Testament. But the Pharisees would not have looked that way to us during this time. Now, they certainly had a side to them that the people, the common people, the Jewish nation would have had disdain for because they, they stuck their noses in the air and they gained more by their religious position physically than what they should have gained. That is, financially, they gained more by it. So there would have been some disdain, but everybody looked at the Pharisees as the ones who were the religious leaders who were the ones who explained the scriptures to the people when they came to the temple. These would have been the ones that anybody who had a heart for religion and aspired to be religious would have gone, I'm going to be a, a learner, a follower of the Pharisees so that I can be more like them. And by the way, for what it's worth, it is the Pharisees who kept alive the Scriptures. They were the ones that God used to keep the Scriptures alive when a foreign nation was attempting to destroy Judaism and the Scriptures so that hundreds of years before this is written, the Pharisees had a major part to play in God's plan. In other words, don't think of them as the bad Pharisees. These would have been the religious leaders. But these religious leaders hated Jesus Christ because he came with authority that they could not understand. And he spoke in in ways that, 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 that pricked their hearts because it affected their conscience. But here comes this lawyer one day to Christ, and he says to the Lord, in essence, this, What does a Christian do? Of all the things, of all the laws, now obviously there weren't Christians, but a child of God, he would have considered himself to be a religious man. Of all the laws that were given to us, what is the most important law? What's the first commandment, the great commandment? Okay, now let me ask you a question. Was this the only time, the Bible here says that the lawyer came to tempt Christ, to try to trick him up or trip him up with this question, was this the first time that somebody or some had come to Jesus and attempted to trip him up with a question? Is this the first time this happened? No, obviously not. Typically, what did Jesus do when people came with that motive and asked questions? What did he do? You can answer out loud. He would ask a question or, in some cases, just not answer. In one case, he bends down and begins to write in the sand. Very seldom does he just, in a straightforward way, answer the question. But in this case, that's exactly what he does. And that's significant significant rather, because I think it shows to us that this is something that the Lord Jesus really wanted to get across. In other words, it provided an opportunity for Jesus Christ to say something to the group that had gathered around that he wanted them to know. Okay, friends, listen to me. If the Lord Jesus Christ, when on this earth, took time to make a statement purposefully when typically he would not have when the motive of the person asking the question was not good. If Christ took time to give an answer, I, I want to know what it was Jesus was saying. What is so important? By, by the way, let me just say this kind of as an aside, though there's a lot that needs to be said about it, and at, at some point, maybe we will this week or later on uh, when we have opportunity to meet together again. Sometimes in the New Testament era, in in our churches, sometimes we get the idea that because of some of the things that are said in the New Testament, that after Christ, that the law has no more purpose in our life, that the law is somehow now, um, is now gone and it matters not to us at all. Okay, listen, Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law, not to abolish it. And in the eyes of the people to whom he preached, he actually lifted the law. Now, that is not to say that we are bound to the all the laws of the Old Testament. In fact, when Christ fulfilled them, what he was doing was showing that there is heart to this. There is something more than just what is written. This is This is something that has to be done by God himself inside of us so that our lives will live it out, so that when you hear law, don't think to yourself, oh, that only matters to the Old Testament. It doesn't matter to us, because in reality, what Christ answers here gets right to the heart of the matter. Master, of all the commandments, of everything that I'm supposed to do, what is the most important thing? Ah, he could have said, master, a baker bakes, and a pilot, well, he wouldn't have said a pilot, but a fisherman fishes, and a seamstress or a tailor seams or sews." What is it that a believer in God is supposed to do? Okay, now, let's look together. I think many of you already know the passage. Look down at verse number 37. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, Oh, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Another passage says, with all thy strength. Verse 38, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. You know what Jesus Christ is saying here? Everything else is... THAT YOU AND I WOULD THINK OF AS, THIS IS WHAT A CHRISTIAN SHOULD DO, HANGS ON, COMES OUT OF, FLOWS OUT OF THE FIRST GREAT COMMANDMENT AND THE SECOND WHICH IS LIKE unto IT, THAT WE LOVE THE LORD OUR GOD WITH ALL OUR HEART, LET ME NOT, LET ME NOT SKIP OVER THAT IN THE WAY THAT I SAY IT, THAT WE LOVE THE LORD OUR GOD WITH ALL OUR HEART and with all our soul, and with all our mind, and with all our strength, and that we love our neighbor as ourselves, Everything else, the um, a Christian prays, witnesses, reads the Bible, uh, memorizes scriptures, is kind to other people, all of that flows out of a love for God and a love for others. Okay, so let me make a statement that is very important. And if you find your mind wandering a little bit, this is the time to bring it back in. This is is the message, the passage in a sentence. This is what you need to take with you. And the statement is this. There is nothing more important than your relationship with God. There is nothing more important than your relationship with God. A baker bakes if he's going to be successful. A pilot flies, a seamstress sews. a fisherman fishes. A Christian has got to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, strength, love neighbor as self, and everything else that is supposed to happen will happen. There's nothing more important than your relationship with God. Honestly, you see this all the way throughout Scripture. Jesus doesn't mention it for the first time here in the Bible. Think uh, think of creation. Day one. Uh, Well, let let me invite because it's Tuesday night and you might be tired. So let me invite some response here. Day number one, God said, let there be Okay, day number one, God created light. Day number two, he separates the waters above from the waters below. He creates the firmament, or the air. Day number three, he does uh, dry land trees, flowers, vegetation. Day number four, the sun, the moon, and he made the stars also. Day number five, birds to fly in the air, fish to swim in the sea. Day number six, God makes all the other animals. And then the Bible says that God takes the dust of the ground and He forms man out of the dust of the ground, breathes into his nostrils the breath of life, and man becomes a living... Okay, man becomes a living soul. And the Bible tells us about mankind, about us, that God created us in his own image. Now, this is interesting that God would take time all the way back in Genesis, 4,000 years before this is written, before Christ's words. The Bible says, again, it just shows the unity of the Bible, that God is the divine author of this. The Bible takes pains to say that God created us in his image male and female, but he made us in his image. What is that about? Well, among other things that it means, God created us as a reflection of himself. Not that we are gods, but we are made in the image of God. Okay, so like God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we are made with body, soul, and spirit. So, so, that, so that that's a reflection. Now, why did God do that? Why did God make us that way? Because God created us for a purpose that is, that is greater than just living life. God built us for the purpose of having a relationship with him. You remember Adam and Eve in the garden, walking and talking, enjoying the relationship, the fellowship with God. Okay, and then something happened that blew up everything. What entered the world? Okay, sin. And then death, separation by sin. So this happens in the garden. In Genesis 3.15, God, in essence, says this. Someday, I'm going to send someone who is going to again restore the relationship between myself and mankind. That's what he he said in Genesis 3.15. And then for the next 4,000 years, every sacrifice... Every prophecy, all the pictures, all the work of God, the stories that we read about in the Old Testament, all of that was a picture and a prophecy all about the coming of Jesus Christ. And why did Jesus Christ come? Well, he came in order to provide the way for our sins to be taken out of the way. Why? Okay, stop, stop, stop. And here's what oftentimes we think, and here's what we say. And it's not necessarily wrong, but it's not necessarily right either. We say, Christ died on the cross to save us from our sins so that we can go to heaven. Now, is that true? Yes, in that heaven is our eternal home. But in reality, Christ died so that we might have eternal life, which may culminate in a place called heaven and then the new heaven and new earth. But this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the one true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. In other words, even Christ's death on the cross was all about relationship. It was all about a restoration and Peter the Bible says that when a person trusts Christ that Christ brings us to God. That is there's this restoration of relationship. It's like it's like he's bringing a sinner who's been forgiven of their sins and reintroduces or reconnects them to the Father. Okay, listen. That is the that is the blessing, that is the fulfillment of the Christian life. That is the point. There's nothing more important than our relationship with God. Nothing. Nothing. It's the reason why we were created. It is the reason why Jesus Christ died. It is the reason for which God reveals himself in his word so that we can know him and have a relationship with him. I'm telling you, friends, listen. You've got to get this in your heart and in your soul, in your mind, and in all of your strength, that there is nothing, there is nothing more important than our relationship with God. Now, if that is true and it is, then let me quickly give you several things to consider. Number one, make sure it's God that you love. Hey, make sure it's God that you love. The Bible says in 1 John, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. In other words, there's a contrast put in Scripture between a love for God and a love for the ways or the things of the, the, uh, the thinking of this world. And so we're reminded of the importance of making sure that it's God that we love. In fact, this is, this is exactly what Jesus Christ, when Jesus Christ came to this earth and he dwelt among the Jewish people, the Jewish people and the people that he had the harshest words for, were the religious people. Why? Because they had left off a relationship with God. They still fulfilled. They still did stuff. They were religious. If we were talking in 21st century terms, they went to church. They sang in the choir. They had Sunday school classes. They came to revival meetings. They did all the stuff, but they had They had left off a relationship with God. And I will tell you that Satan is so good at getting our hearts just off enough so that a wedge can get in there between us and God. And then before long, we find ourselves separating further and further so that our hearts don't yearn for God the way that they ought to, that we don't find the satisfaction because we don't have the relationship with God. And there are people who name the name of Christ, and maybe you're here tonight and you find yourself in this position where you think to yourself, I wish I had a relationship with God. I wish I had a love for God that was real and vivacious. But if I'm perfectly honest, I wish I had it, but I don't. I mean, I know I'm supposed to, and I do this stuff. I read my daily bread, or my Baptist bread, or I read my chapter in Proverbs, or a chapter in the Old Testament, a chapter in the New Testament. What I would would say to you, firstly, don't, don't think of a relationship with God as an emotional thing. But there is connection to the emotion. But make sure it's God that you love. Hey, just just make sure that other things haven't haven't crept in and taken over. Hey, um, well, yeah, I will. I people ask us often, hey, how how are meetings going during COVID? You know, with everything going on, and you're still traveling and preaching, and and actually. Um, we we have been as busy as we ever have been, even during COVID. I, I did some more preaching online and by camera, but but we continued to travel and preach. But I missed terribly getting to interact with people while while I was preaching. That is, I realized that I am more dependent on people's faces than I realize to see, okay, is it is it getting through? Are they connected? Are they glazed over completely? Or is there still some, some life with what is being said? Okay, so uh, I had to learn a little bit about speaking to a camera and, and such things, but we've been... We've been as busy as we can be, and pastors will oftentimes ask, so what do you think about the state of the churches? How are things going? Let me just tell you, and I'm not saying this because of you all in particular. I'm just going to tell you in general, and I've said this before in the last several weeks, and I will probably say it again, so please don't take it as a as a I'm coming down on you. One of the things that I have noticed in preaching since COVID took over and the country shut down for a little bit of time is that when I have come and started preaching to people and preaching the word of God and the way of God and Jesus Christ and God himself, and and I'm I'm preaching all of this, I have noticed that there's almost like a... uh, Well, I don't don't know how else to say it other than to give a a picture. It's almost like there is a layer of, of insulation, a layer of fat around people's minds and hearts where there is not a... Where there's not a, oh, this is, man, this is what we need. Oh, man, we need more of God. Oh, we need more of, and it's almost like there's this, I can't, not, there's not the connection. Where's where's the hand of God working in people's hearts? And we see showers of blessings, and we see mercy drops around us, and we see people who are who are experiencing uh, revived lives and things like that. But as far as an overall, yes, this is what we need. Now, people are still coming. For the most part, they're just glad to be together. But people are still are are still coming, and we're still preaching and, and everything. But there's like this. There, there's almost like this darkness in preaching where there's not much of a response. And here's the only thing I can figure. This is Tim Thompson speaking. This is this is just my observation. I can't help but wonder if during the time of COVID. If there was a lot more entertainment intake than normal, like we were home, so we just watch a lot more stuff, And we're on our phones a lot more, and we're just involved because we have we have more time than what we had otherwise. And so it just that's what we did. That's what we did with our time. It's how it's how we spent our time, and we couldn't get out and and see people and and share the gospel and. The, and now we're coming back together and it's like our hearts have been more connected to the world and been pulled away from that which we know in our brains to be important but we've not yet we've not yet severed and gone okay this is the important thing there's nothing more important than my relationship with god and just making sure that it's God that we love. Hey, may I encourage you, if if you find yourself a little bit cold towards the things of God and you know it's not where you ought to be or where you want to be, may I encourage you to take some time, and I mean this sincerely, would you take some time and set aside from the stuff of this world. I'm not saying it's intrinsically wrong. But I'm suggesting that maybe we've left off the bread of life to eat some of the sweets of what we can taste but won't provide for us what we need. And it it might do us good when we know There's nothing more important than my relationship with God to set some things aside and refocus and just make sure it's God that we love. Do you hear what I'm saying? Does it it make sense? I'm not saying, will you do it. I'm just saying, do you understand what's being said? Do you sense the same thing that I'm sensing? Make sure it's God that you love. Number two, ask God to increase your love. Ask God to increase your love. So here's the deal. I I know that God is a prayer answering God. I know that he loves to answer prayer, and when we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us, and if he hears us, we know we have the thing for which we ask. Okay, so let let me ask you. Is it God's will for you to have a close walk with him? So if you come to God and you say, Dear God, would you please help me to love you more? Do you think that's a prayer request that God would love to answer? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, now two things about it. Number one, this Um, just know, and full disclosure that if you ask God to increase your love and he begins to answer that prayer, it may be that in order for him to have all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength and love with him, it may be that there are some things that you're holding on to in life a little more tightly than what you think you are. And it may be that God, in order to answer that prayer, may pry your fingers off of some things or people that you're holding on to that you have looked to for your satisfaction, and there's a division in your heart between God and them, and it may be that you're not even aware of it, so that if you knew about it, you would say, I will leave that off, and I will seek after God. But you may not know about it, but when you begin to ask God, God who knows you and knows what you need and desires for you to have a relationship with him, may begin to pry your fingers off of some things. And sometimes that causes a little bit of discomfort in our lives. But realize that it is God saying, come, come. It is like the voice of Jesus as he stands at the door and knocks. And if any man will hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and sup with them. And he with me. God may take some things away from you in order that your heart can belong wholly to him. Don't hate the things that God pulls away. Rather, don't hate the fact that God pulls them away, but rather see that it is God who is drawing you closer to himself. And if in the midst of it, or if right now, you're experiencing a little bit of pain or perhaps some doubts, or some questions or some things plaguing your mind or some what do I do or what's the next step or what's the path I'm supposed to take and you find yourself dealing with a little bit of worry or concern or angst about it, just realize I, don't, I can't say with 100% confidence that this is the case, but I know that God will use it this way if you allow him to and that is that all of that can be used by God just to draw you to himself. So let, let God do his work. And ask God to increase his love so that's first that is just just know that there may be some prying off the finger secondly is this asking God to, to increase your love for him is, is not something that most likely is just gonna happen in an instant and all of a sudden oh I love him with everything oh I wake up in the morning and I say good morning father and everything is great and wonderful And then, whoa, whoa, whoa. it is it is seldom something that just happens instantaneously but when we consistently just begin to and continue to ask God to increase our love and live with that awareness, what a difference, what an impact it makes in our lives. Because God answers that prayer. So if you're not where you know you ought to be or where you want to be as far as your love for the Lord, for God, and as shown by your action or just in your heart, the attitude— then ask God to increase your love. When, when, I was, when I was in college, I began to pray this prayer, and I still do. I will say, dear God, would you please cause my heart to pant after you like the deer pants after the water brook? And would you bind my heart to yours with a chain that cannot be broken and draw me ever nearer, pull me closer to you? And that's a request that when I, in sincerity, ask God to do it, and I will tell you, friends, hey, for myself, there have been times when I've had to say, God, I need you to hear the prayer of my mouth and not what my heart feels. I'm asking you, please, to increase my love when right now I would rather just live for me. But God will answer prayer. So ask God to increase your love. Number three, spend the time. Spend the time. All relationships take time. All of them do. Um, any relationship that's going to go anywhere means that you spend time together. OK, now stop real quickly. If, if I say spend the time, don't automatically go, ah, Brother Tim's talking about devotions. That is, good Christians have devotions. OK, it is good to have a time every day where you stop, and you sit down, and you read the Bible, and maybe pray through a, a prayer request list, things that you're remembering before God. But when I say spend the time, don't don't think of it in that light. If if um, my, if my wife and I spent time together, um, going on dates because that's what good husbands and wives are supposed to do. They go on dates. They spend time together, and we did that because we were supposed to do it. And and I treated our building of a relationship the way some of us treat, and I treat sometimes my relationship with a God. With God, it would be it would be pathetic, you know. Um, I I pick up Brittany. I say, Hey, Britt, look. Um, all the, all the books on husbands and wives being successful in their marriage say that we're supposed to go on a date. Let's go on a date. Okay. So I take Brittany, and we go to um, our favorite steak place, McDonald's. And uh, <laughs> we're sitting down at McDonald's, and she orders whatever she wants, and I order whatever I want. We're sitting down, and I pull out my three-by-five card, and I say, hello, Brittany. How is everything at home? Are the kids treating you well? Is your favorite color still green? I've really enjoyed this time with you. And that was our date. How? What kind of relationship would we have as a husband and wife if this is, if this is our time spent together? Okay, hello. Again, I think it's good. I think it's wise to have a specified time where you take time to talk to the Lord and you have a passage that you're reading through and, and reading systematically through the scriptures. I think that's good. But time spent, but time spent with God is just that. It's time spent with God. I mean, when you're driving down the road talking to Him. When you're listening to music, taking time to worship. Your, yourself and uh, to worship God by yourself brother and to and to just speak to God to wake up in the morning and say good morning father oh man this is a gorgeous day father thank you even if it's just in your heart father thank you for the wow this is this is beautiful and just to get into the habit of speaking with and listening to God and spending the time Yes, taking time to get in His Word because you can't, you can't know Him without knowing His Word, but just spending the time. So, make sure it's God that you love. Ask God to increase your love. Spend the time. And then lastly, um, live it out. Live it out. That is, let the love that you have for God live out in your life. How? Well, the second commandment deals with that. The second is like unto the first. That is, that you love your neighbor as yourself. God built us to interact with other people. Hey, listen, let me tell you something. Sometimes, sometimes the reason why we are cold towards God is because we are actually cold towards the people that God created. God built us to minister to other people, to care one for another. That's in for every believer, that's in us because that's Christ in us. And Jesus Christ was all about other people. So that sometimes there are people who have been saved, they come to church, they read the Bible, we have our prayer list, we do all the things that we as Christians are supposed to do, but still our hearts are cold and we're going, why? And sometimes the reason is, is because we have all kinds of inflow, but we have no outlet. Okay, we're a farming community. What happens in a body of water where there's income of water, but there's no way for the water to escape? What happens to it. It dies. Everything in it dies. It's stagnant. It has no life. Why? Because it has to have in and out. That is, I'm supposed to receive from the Lord as I'm spending time with him, and in line with that, then I'm reaching out to other people, and I purposefully reach out and care for other people. And when I do that, it creates a great, uh, a great cyclical effect. I receive from the Lord, I give to others. In giving to others, I need more from God. I come to God, He gives to me, I give to others. And what an impact. And I'm not talking about giving financially. I just mean giving of ourselves, of our time, of our energy, to, to take time for the people who who need but cannot give and do not have. We just, we just help and, and we're there. And what an impact it makes in our relationship with the Lord. You know, I've noticed in our with our boys that my boys become the most loving towards the rest of the family when they serve the rest of the family. One of my least favorite times to be around kids is on their birthdays. <laughs> because it becomes all about yeah, And a kid or an adult who's all about me is miserable and spreads it. But a person who reaches out creates the capacity for love and it's a love that only God can, God can provide. You ready? A baker... A fisherman, yes. a seamstress, a pilot, a Christian, loves God with all their heart, soul, mind, strength. It's the reason why we were created. It's the reason why Christ came. There's nothing more important than your relationship with God. Since that is true, make sure it's God that you love. Hey, ask God to search your heart and see if there's something that's taken over and begun to pull away. Uh, Ask God to increase your love. Spend the time, live it out. And may God help us to be a people who enjoy the fullness of the fellowship with the Father and with His Son Jesus Christ so that we may experience the true life that God intends for us to live may it be displayed in the way we treat each other and other people but but God help us God help us God help me to love him with all heart all soul all mind all strength it's pretty focused doesn't leave a lot out does it and that's that's exactly what we were built to do So let's do it. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come before you and I confess, dear Father, that far too often my my heart, my time, my mind, my energies can become about so many other things at the expense of making sure that it's you that I love And, Father, I pray that all of the other things that I do would come out of my love for you. Uh, Entertainments, business practices, life, relationships, all of it. All of it. Lord, may you always have the place of priority, not a place of priority, but the place of priority. And then, Lord, hear our prayers as we ask you to increase our love, and as we spend time with you, don't be far from us. Be nearer, please, and draw us nearer. And then, Lord, help us to be aware of others around us um, that we need to reach out or to whom we need to reach out so, so that we can continue to need and desire more from you and that you'd fill us and use us. Help us to live it out, please. We love you, Father. Help us now, please. In Jesus' name I ask. With heads bowed and eyes closed, please, no one looking around. I'm gonna ask some questions, so I'll be looking, and Pastor may look as well. And of course, God knows your heart, so there's no need to hide from him. But let me just ask, how many tonight would say by an uplifted hand, Tim? I know that I I know that I belong to God. I know that I have trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I know that I am a possessor of this eternal life because my trust is in Christ and Christ alone. As a testimony of God's grace in your life, would you just slip up your hand if that's something that you know? You do know that you've accepted Christ as Savior and you belong to him. Oh, wonderful, good, okay. Okay, that's most everyone. Then with that in mind, I wonder if there are some tonight who would say by an uplifted hand, Tim, I see tonight that, my need is to make sure that it's god that i love and while you were preaching god brought some things to my mind or something to my mind where i see that it has it is what consumes me it is where my heart or my mind or my strength my soul goes that 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 it's not god and i need to make sure that it's god that i love and there are some things that need to be set aside and you'd say by an uplifted hand, God showed me that tonight. And with God's help, I want tonight to be a turning point where those things get set aside and I get refocused on my relationship with the Lord regarding these things. If that's your decision and your desire tonight, may I pray with you about it? Would you would you be willing to just slip up your hand and say, yeah, Brother Tim, that's, that's me. It's what I need and I know it. Would you lift up your hand and let me pray with you about it? God's dealt in my heart about something specific. Okay, good. Good, you can put your hands down. Next question. I wonder how many tonight would say, but Tim, I see the importance tonight of asking God to increase my love. That is something that I need to do. I, I it's not something I currently do, but I see the importance of it. And I want that to become a regular, sincere prayer of my heart before God. I'm I'm gonna begin, I'm gonna begin to ask God to increase my love because I need it and I know it. And you'd say by an uplifted hand, please pray with me about this decision. Would you slip up your hand? Let me pray with you about it. Okay, good. Good, it's a great prayer request, and you may already have it. How about um, spending the time? Brother Tim, that's not something that's consistent with me. It's not consistent in, in my every day at a specific time, or, and, it's not consistent just throughout the day that I just talk to the Lord and hear from Him. But I want to make a conscious effort to spend time with the Lord Because I know that's important for this relationship. And you'd say, that's my decision. If that's true for you, may I pray with you about it? Anyone like that? May I I pray with you? Okay. And then how about living it out? Brother Tim, I need to reach out to other people. I know it. I I think that I'm living pretty selfish. And that may be the reason why I'm a little cold, a little stagnant in my relationship with God. I don't want to be that way and you'd say please pray with me and for me this is a this is a decision that needs to be made in my life anyone like that okay all right great would everybody look up this way hey thanks again for your kind attention let's just let's just take a moment and talk to the lord brittany is going to play through in just a minute a hymn of invitation as she does if god dealt in your heart i'm going to encourage invite you just to stay right where you are and just bow your heart and head to god and just tell the lord lord My desire is to have a relationship with you, and I want it to be alive. I want it to be vivacious. I want it to be sincere. I want to be the pure in heart that gets to see God. That's where I want to live. That's where I want to live. God, please, and then tell him whatever choice, whatever decision, or if he's dealt in your heart about something else. Hey, if if tonight you've come, and you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior, and you don't know God as your Father, Friend, I'm telling you, you're missing out on that for which you were created. And if there's an emptiness on the inside and you're thinking, I've tried to fill it with so many things and nothing nothing seems to last. Ah! Um, then then I'd, like to, I'd like to encourage you to come and see myself or see Pastor after the service and let us talk with you about how you can know for certain that your sins are forgiven, that you belong to God, and that your, your eternity is settled. But let's take a minute before we leave and let's just let's just talk to the Lord. As Brittany begins to play, let's bow together. If God's dealt in your heart, you talk to God about it right now, won't you? Father, thank you for the instruction of your word. I thank you for the provision through Christ so that we can have a relationship with you. Father, thank you for sending your son. Thank you for allowing him to endure the death of the cross so that we might have this eternal life, that we can know you. We do look forward to the day when This robe of flesh will drop and rise to meet our Savior in the skies when it's faith turning to sight. That'll be a glorious day. Until then, Father, please fill us with love for you. And as we respond, as we draw nigh to you in this, please draw nigh to us. Hear our requests. Help the people of Marlbrook Baptist Church to be a people whose sole focus is their relationship with you and the rest of life just flows out of that? So that everything that is done and said in life wouldn't be glorifying, it wouldn't be pleasing to you because we're constantly in contact with you. Hear us, oh God. Hear us and answer, please. May we also have opportunities to bring others into this love that you have demonstrated to us and that you that you bring about in us through the work of Christ. May others know your son and the love that you have displayed through him. Use us, Lord. We're your servants. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.